G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. I'm your host, Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilos or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and have successfully maintained that weight loss now for over a year. I wanted to bring this series of podcasts to you to give you an insight into what that journey has been like. I also wanted to give you some information about intermittent fasting, talk to people that are doing it, and bring in some experts in the field, including some leading authors of some great books about the subject. Talk about the highs, the lows, the triumphs, the celebrations, the negatives, the positives, and everything in between. Nothing is a silver bullet, as they say, but intermittent fasting is about the closest thing that you can get to a perfect health plan with a side effect of weight loss. So sit back in the next few weeks and enjoy life on the fasting highway with us. Thank you. G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. So just an update before we meet today's guest to let you know that the Fasting Highway podcast Facebook group is now up and running. So if you want to come and join us on that group and talk about the podcast and discuss intermittent fasting, we've got a great community going there. So it's a Fasting Highway Facebook group. Anyway, let's get to today's guest. This is episode 17, and I'm delighted to have with me today Matt Sanis. And Matt is from Minnesota in the United States. And Matt is a program manager for a medical device manufacturer. He's a father of three young kids, a husband. And Matt started fasting in July 2017, along with his wife, and has lost an amazing 60 pounds or around 28 kilos. And Matt has been in maintenance now for some nearly two years. So here to tell us all about his remarkable journey is Matt. G'day, Matt, and welcome to the Fasting Highway, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Graham. Really excited to join you today. I kind of feel like I know you through the Facebook group, but uh, excited to uh, to talk to you. Yeah, mate. I've, uh, I've followed your journey a bit, and you're someone I admire greatly, and I've been very excited to talk to you too. But, Matt, here on the Fasting Highway, what we like to do with our guests if we could just get a bit of your backstory and what led you up to finding intermittent fasting? Yeah, so I'd say probably like a lot of people, I struggled with uh, with my weight quite a bit and um, starting even in college. But then once I got married and, and we started having kids, pretty much every time uh, my wife would gain weight while she was pregnant, I would gain weight right along with her. <laughs> um, and, you know, and then I would, uh, I would try to lose it along with her and, uh, and, and it, I was never successful that way. So I, uh, I, I finally, um, in 2017, uh, in July, I, uh, I was pretty frustrated and had gotten up to my all time highest weight. And, uh, and I, I started looking for, other ways to lose weight. I was searching on Google and I came upon something I'd never heard before and it was intermittent fasting. And, and I, uh, I started to try to learn everything I could about it from there on. So just winding back a bit, Matt, before you found IF there, what was your relationship like with food? Did you have any issues like any addictions or anything like that? Or was it just an accumulation over time? Yeah, I don't think I had as much of an addiction, and maybe I did. I, I I think 
I think it was more of an accumulation over time. I think, uh, you know, probably had uh, unhealthy eating habits, but nothing, you know, nothing that really stood out like a, an addiction to sugar or anything like that. But I, I definitely, you know, I would drink quite a bit of alcohol and, and I don't think that helped anything. And, and I think it kind of, uh, I think, but I think overall it was mainly just kind of an accumulation over time. Yeah, so Matt, just tell us a little bit about where you're from and your town and uh, what yeah. you do for a living there. Yeah, so I'm from a town in Minnesota, um, kind of in the southern part of, of Minnesota. Um, still still plenty cold in the winter, but uh, I'm an engineer by uh, background, so I had a mechanical engineering background. Um, I went through the MBA program, um, and now I work at a medical device manufacturer here in Minnesota um, as a program manager. Yeah, so you're just coming into your colder months here, I guess. Yeah, it's it's just starting to get cold. It was uh, it was nice up until about a week ago, and so now it's it's starting to turn fall. Yeah, sure. So, Matt, if you don't mind, just when you got up to finding out about IF. Uh, can you just share what your weight was then? Yeah, so my my all time high weight was uh, 216 pounds, and I'm I'm five feet nine, so it it put me square in the uh, obese zone with uh, with as far as BMI goes. Yep. So when you found intermittent fasting, mate, what sort of protocol did you start with, and were you always clean fasting right from the start? Yeah, I think when I when I started, I, I had to. It's been about three years now, so it, I, I've forgotten a lot of it. But I talked to my wife a bit, and she reminded me that uh, I started at sixteen eight. So I would I would start, you know, I would just push back, skip breakfast, and push back till lunch. And uh, it took me quite a while to adjust. Um, and I. But over the course of a few months, I, I was able to push it back to 18.6, um, so 18 hours of fasting, and then uh, just kept pushing it back further and further until I, I finally got to uh, one meal a day. And did you find the weight loss came quickly, Matt, or was it pretty gradual? It was pretty quick for me, um, you know, probably right around two pounds a week, um, one to two pounds a week for, for most of that first, you know, three, four months at least. Yep. Did you, what happened when you got to the plateaus net? How did you sort of push through that? Yeah, I had many, many plateaus throughout. Um, you know, it would, I'd lose 10, 20 pounds and then it would kind of stall out. Um, and, so I tried a lot of different things. I, uh, I I think you know shrinking the window helped. Um, cutting back on sugar helped. Um, I cut out alcohol at one point and that helped a lot. Um, so I think just trying a bunch of the you know different tools that that other people had recommended. I I, I think I kind of tried almost all of them and 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 some of them worked better than others. But I uh, I used a lot of those. Yeah, so you weren't really eating everything, so to speak. You were restricting some things to start off with and just tweaking as you go sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I I was 
pretty flexible. I mean, I ate, I ate most foods. Um, you know, I didn't cut out a lot, but I, I would, I would kind of tweak and adjust, you know, whenever it would slow down or, or plateau. Yeah, sure. So mate, with the, we talk about the health benefits and the NSVs and non-scale victories that come with intermittent fasting. Can you just sort of run us through that for a few minutes about what sort of health benefits you found and any other sort of non-scale victories? Yeah, I mean, health-wise, I'd say the energy piece, I've had just a lot more energy throughout the day. I mean, I I have a lot of energy when I'm working, when I'm with the kids and so on like that. Um, And I guess as far as uh, NSV, I never used to like seeing a picture of myself. And so now, you know, when I see a picture, I, I like the picture and I, I haven't heard a lot of people use that one, but I, uh, I mean, that's been a big one for me is just actually liking the way I look when I see a picture kind of feels like I look, you know, younger, healthier, all of the above. So that, that's been a big one. So that's just the self-acceptance of the you, you and, how you look and you feel good in your own skin. And you mentioned there the kids. So you're a family man and a dad. Yeah. How has IF sort of helped you with the family and that extra energy? Uh, it, it takes a lot to keep up with. Uh, we have a 12-year-old daughter, a 7-year-old son, and a, a 4-year-old son. And uh, they have a ton of energy, as you could imagine. And so it, it's been great. I just, I, I find myself saying no a lot less. Like, I mean, and before, you know, do you want to go out and play? Do you want to throw a football around? Do you want to do whatever? Um, I, I would always have an excuse and, and, and I would say no a lot more. And I, I say yes a lot more. And I think, uh, you know, I, I get a lot more quality time with them. So I think that's been a, that's been a big win too. Yeah. I know, mate, when I was obese, when my girls were going through school and I have two daughters and um, they're now sort of 19 and 21, but when they were going through school, I was always obese and I carry a lot of guilt about that because I always felt it was hard for them and they sort of told me in later years that they used to get a fair bit of teasing and that sort of thing about their fat dad and Mm -hmm. it must have been terrible for them and I say to people, you know, when you think about your kids and going through school too, that's a great motivator, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I kind of felt some of that guilt around uh, the example I was setting. Um, and so I, I, I kind of feel like both my wife and I are, are setting a lot better example for uh, for our kids now and, and kind of, you know, able to show them more of of what life can be so that that part's been been very good too is just uh feeling a lot more proud about the example that that you're setting yeah and is your wife on board as well or does she do if or is she just let you do what you do yeah no she's she's totally on board so and she's uh my wife's a nurse practitioner and she had tried just about every diet along with me. So when I, uh, when I stumbled upon IF and I told her about it, uh, she thought it was the craziest thing she'd ever heard. And she thought it was just another crazy idea. And then, um, that actually forced me to, uh, to, to find a good video that explained it. And so I had 
found a video by uh, Dr. Jason Fung, who wrote uh, the Obesity Code, and showed her that video, and the science made a lot of sense to her, and she started digging further into it with me, and so she's been on board the whole time, and uh, I think that's uh, that's a huge component to success. Is I think it's uh, it's probably not impossible to to be successful without a, a you know a spouse or partner that's on board, but it it's certainly a lot easier uh, with a spouse that's on board. Oh, a hundred percent, mate. I couldn't agree more, and I know how much support I've received from my wife and. She's just been amazing. And um, really, my whole journey was based on the love I had for my wife and, and my family. And I really wanted to stick around for them. But your wife being a nurse, mate, that's interesting. I actually spoke to a nurse in New Zealand the other day who's uh, coming up on the podcast, a lady called Sarah Cull. And she works in a clinic where the doctors are now treating obese patients with diabetes too. Uh, using intermittent fasting as a frontline defense. Is there many medical people on board with it that you've struck or what does your doctor sort of say about it all? Have you been to your doctor? Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. So I, I, I don't think it's, I think it's becoming more mainstream, but when I told my doctor about it first, you know, two to three years ago, it, it was really the first he had heard about it. And so I, I gave him a couple book recommendations and, and came back and I had lost a lot of weight. And uh, and I, I don't know if he had really looked a lot into it uh, by that point, because he basically just said, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. So um, but I haven't been back probably in a in a year and a half or so. So I but I I think just from talking to her, my talking to my wife, um, you know, I, I think it's becoming a little more mainstream, but it has a long ways to go yet. Yeah, we can only hope, mate. So, yeah. mate, you just mentioned there you haven't been to the doctors for about a year and a half now. Have you noticed your immune system sort of improved? Is that because you, you don't really get sick that much that you haven't been to the doctor? Yeah, I I don't I can't really remember the last time I've been sick, to be honest with you. I think it's, it's probably been a, a few years with, you know, with just about anything. So I've, yeah, I, I've, whether it's, uh, whether it's because of IF or, or coincidental, but I, I tend to think it has a lot to do with, with intermittent fasting. And, and I, I have been very healthy. And I guess the thing that I would just add to that is my wife has had Lyme's disease and she attributes her ability to to basically put that into remission or, or take care of it by uh, by using intermittent fasting, it's been that part's been great for her. So a lot for me, I think you know the the weight loss has been probably the the biggest thing and and the thing that I enjoy the most. But for her, uh, she's lost a lot of weight, but she's also the lack of inflammation has been uh, has been huge for her, and it's a huge benefit that keeps her uh, keeps her going. Yeah, I can really resonate with your wife, mate, regarding the health benefits. And as you know, I've lost a, a lot of weight myself, but for the health benefits for me that have come from intermittent fasting and you know things like curing my psoriasis, uh, overcoming some of the phobias and anxiety issues that I had. 
for me, even though I lost 132 pounds or 60 kilos, to be honest with you, the health benefits were, were far more thrilling. So, mate, with your wife being on board, does she do the same window as you? Yep. So she, we both do the uh, the same window throughout the week, and and really even on weekends, we we both fast, you know, throughout the work day, and then usually open our windows around four or five p.m. for uh, for a couple hours. Start with a snack, then have a bigger meal, and a lot of times have uh, a small dessert as well. Yeah, so your guys' OMAD is similar to, say, going to a restaurant where you'll have an entree, a main dessert, and then you just close. Yep, yep. So I I would say it's probably a a bigger meal than I would have normally had for for dinner before intermittent fasting, Um, for sure. Uh, Definitely hungry by the time I, I get there, but not uh don't really don't really even think about it anymore throughout the day yeah so mate with you being parents of kids how do you sort of explain the fasting to your kids yeah our i i'd say the younger kids probably don't even notice it um they i mean that's we've been doing it for over three years so they uh the four-year-old that's all he's ever known and the uh and the seven-year-old, you know, pretty much that's all he remembers. Our daughter, though, is definitely aware that, you know, that we that we do it, and um, she she has even started to do it a little bit. Um, we don't really encourage it, but but we don't, you know, we don't totally discourage it either. Um, she's she's just done it because she she feels better. She has more energy through the day at school, and and so on as well. No, oh, that's great. So, mate, with a couple, do people sort of notice that you guys look a lot healthier and do they start asking you questions about what you're doing? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, friends, family, coworkers, you know, everybody has noticed it quite a bit. I've, you know, I mean, losing 60 pounds was was a big change for me and my wife, my wife lost quite a bit as well. So, I, you know, a lot of people ask about it. Um, and, you know, we've talked about it to, to quite a few friends and family. Yeah. So with the 60 pounds, mate, what sort of time frame did that take from when you started back in uh, 17? I would say that it, with a few plateaus in between, I got down to, well, I, my goal weight changed quite a bit because I, uh, you know, when I was, when I was at 216 pounds, um, you know, I thought 170 pounds was, was going to be my goal and it, it didn't really feel possible at the time. Um, but once I hit that, I, I just kept going and, but I would say overall it took about 18 months, uh, to, to the point where I got into maintenance mode. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Nice and steady, mate. So do you have any issues like loose skin or anything like that, losing that amount of weight? No, I, I really didn't. Um, I, you know, I think I had, I, I had gotten pretty big, but not, not quite to the point where I, uh, where I had any, any real loose skin. And, and if, if I did have any, uh, I would say autophagy uh, must have taken care of it. 
Yeah, I think that's a natural progression over time. And when you see people that have been doing intermittent fasting for some years, Matt, I know I'm going into my third year as well. And I just noticed my body just seems to be the recomposition that we have. And I just feel like my body's just tightening up naturally. Is that something you're finding as well? Definitely. I, you know, and I, I've kind of, uh, I, I didn't exercise really at all for the, the first, uh, the first probably two years. Um, so I lost, I lost the weight without exercising, but then it was, it was interesting because, you know, about a year ago I just started craving, you know, more exercise. And so I think, I'm not sure if that's because of IF or, or what, to be honest, but I, uh, I started to kind of crave it and I got into a, a running habit where I run every day. So I think between the IF and, and the running, there's definitely been a lot of body recom- recomposition. Because you play a lot of golf too, don't you? Yeah, I was, I was always, even even when I was at my heaviest, I I would still play uh, a day or two a week, and uh, I tried to walk, you know, at least half the time. But I uh, it was it was definitely a, a harder, and and I I would find myself getting you know pretty tired, and and my my scores and my performance towards the end of the round would get worse because I, I wasn't in as, you know, good of uh, physical shape. And, uh, that's, you know, that's changed now where, where I, I, I play golf fasted, you know, 20 hours fasted. I run about 20 hours fasted usually every day. Um, and I have plenty of exercise or I have plenty of uh, energy, I should say. Um, and really that was one of the things that kept me from exercising for a long time was I didn't know whether I should do it, you know, before I, uh, before I ate or, or after I ate. And, um, I've, I've definitely learned that now is, um, you know, I have plenty of energy to burn, um, while, you know, almost 24 hours fasted. Yeah. I'm the same, mate. And with exercise, what happened with me was when I was obese, exercise was always a drag and I just couldn't get my mind around it. And every time I went to do it and tried to combine it with a diet, I'd fail because the, carrying around 360 pounds and trying to exercise, it just didn't work. And um, I'd go out for a walk and I'd do it for a while and then I'd get sick of it and I'd give up because it, my joints were hurting and it became almost impossible but what happened was when I came to IF, I thought, okay, I'm going to try and get this weight off and just use food to do that. And with intermittent fasting, I found I was losing weight quite rapidly. And I got to that point where I'd lost about 100 pounds in eight months. And then I started walking and I started doing other things. And then one day I was out walking, mate, and I just basically broke out into a jog. And I'd never run in my life much at all. And it was amazing. And I always tell people it's like the scene from Forrest Gump, you know, when the calipers break off and he starts running. And um, I found myself galloping down this track and I thought, this is amazing. I can actually run. And, and I, after that, exercise became a joy for me. And then I took up swimming and I couldn't swim to save my life, Matt. And um, I did a bit of training and I started doing 10 laps of an Olympic pool, then 20, then 30, then 40. And I got up to that. 
And it was just amazing how much energy I had while I was fully fasted. And I really resonate with what you're saying there. So exercise for your wife, is that a, a big thing for her as well now? Yeah, it, I would say probably about six months ago, she, uh, she kind of started the same thing. She, uh, she started strength training and, uh, she does it every day now as well. So it, uh, it seems to be something that just kind of naturally occurred along, along the way, but uh, glad, glad that it has. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have always had a pretty tight relationship, but do you think this has made you closer and and that bond of doing this together? I I think so for sure. I I think, you know, I I think we, uh, we both, we both have a lot more energy. We both, feel a lot healthier and i i think it's it's just a lot easier to uh to plan things and do things together when when you have that when you have that extra energy than you know when you're feeling lethargic and you know just not really wanting to do anything other than than sit on the couch so i i think we're a lot more active and we're a lot more active together so i i do think uh, i do think it's brought us brought us closer Oh, that's fantastic. And that activity and the willingness to do something is so good for your kids as well. And I noticed, mate, on your profile there that you do a bit of RV uh, driving around in your camper. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so we uh, we started a tradition uh, about a year ago where we, uh, we decided we would take a, a family camping trip uh, to another state uh, within the United States. And uh, so last year we did South Dakota and the Black Hills uh, area. And this year we were going to go to Colorado. I have a, a nephew in the Air Force Academy there and we were going to rent an RV. But because of COVID, uh, there were quite a few restrictions. He wasn't able to leave the uh, Air Force base. So we, we decided uh, to uh, still rent the RV and we uh but we decided to drive across wisconsin so we uh we, we took a 10-day trip across wisconsin we rented a 34-foot long rv and drove it across the state it was uh it was a really fun trip and how did you get on your fasting on that trip on the vacation so we went along with my uh my wife's brother and his family um and they actually both fast as well. So the, the oh, fasting, right. the fasting was pretty easy. Um, you know, we, we, we enjoyed a little bit longer windows, um, and, and had plenty of, uh, you know, campfire food, s'mores, so on. But, uh, it was, uh, that part was pretty easy. Yeah. And I think that's important too, Matt, to let people know to enjoy their life. And a lot of people that do intermittent fasting in the beginning, they say to me, oh, you know, I'm never going to be able to go on holidays. I'm never going to be able to go on vacation. I can't do this. And I say, well, you can, you know, you just fit it into what you're doing. And if you do have a longer window that day and it turns out you're away for a couple of weeks and, you know, you put on two or three pounds, then, you Mm -hmm. know, when you get back, you can revert back to what you were doing before. But, mate, I wanted to talk to you too about mindset and the mental side of intermittent fasting and how big a part did that play for you? Yeah, I, I think for, for me, you know, we've, we've been pretty successful on it. And I think part of that was really 
um, really educating ourselves and, and trying to understand the science behind it and, you know, really being committed to it uh, up front. So I think, you know, being committed, understanding it, being able to defend it to others because, you know, you will have friends, family that, that tell you you're crazy and uh, or that it's not healthy and you know it's gonna there there's a lot of there's a lot of people that will start throwing things like that at you and i think you know having that education and and that um that mindset going into it that you know you don't you don't really care what anybody else has to say because you know that it's you know that it's good for you I think that mindset was very important and, you know, has been a, a big reason why we've been able to stick to it um, and been, you know, ultimately successful so far. So with the science, mate, that's obviously important to you, where did you sort of look for the science of it? What sort of resources did you use? Yeah, so I... I start, I was driving a lot to work at the time, so I started by uh, listening to some audio books, uh, including, you know, The Obesity Code, and then the next book I, I read was Delay, Don't Deny by Jen Stevens, and then went into uh, Appetite Correction by uh, Dr. Bert Herring and The Fast Five Diet, um, and then started listening to podcasts. Um, and so that's where I learned, you know, the, the most and, and started hearing the stories and, you know, got not, not only the anecdotal stories, but the science behind it as well. Yeah. I usually find Matt, how do you go about, uh, explaining IF to people? Because what happens with me is I usually find there's three sort of groups is A, B and C. And you have those people that only want to know the bare bones. And then you have people that want to know the bare bones and a bit more. And then you sort of want to know some people in group C, they want to know absolutely everything and they keep throwing things at you. How do you go about explaining IF to people in a nutshell? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's changed over time. I mean, I, I think at, at first I, I really wanted everybody to, to be on board with me and, you know, and, and I would, I would try to uh, convince everybody that it was, you know, that it was the, the greatest thing. And some people are ready for that and, and other people were not. So I've, I've kind of taken the approach where I don't really push it on anybody. I, it, but there's plenty of people that have said, you know, Hey, I, you know, I don't know what you're doing, but, but it's working. And, you know, can you tell me more about it? And if that's the case, you know, then I, I, I kind of start small and, and explain just the bare bones of it. But I also, you know, try to try to explain that I think it's important that they educate themselves on, on why it works and, and the science behind it. So I'll, you know, I, I buy books and give them away to people. Um, and, you know, that way, if, if, if they're serious about it and they want to dig into it, you know, they have the resources to do it. So I've, I, I've kind of scaled back, I guess. And, and if, if people want to know, I, I've kind of let them ask me and, and I'll, I'll 
happily share what I know. Yeah, and I mean, I know myself, Matt, after losing weight and you have lost that weight for a while, people stop sort of gravitating towards you and asking you about it because they just accept you the way you are. And most people sort of forget how big you were. And I know I was flying with a mate last weekend. We flew out to the outback here uh, for a boys' weekend. And the last time I was sitting next to him, I was 130-odd pounds heavier on a flight from uh, Sydney to Los Angeles, which was 16 hours. And unfortunately, he got to sit next to the most obese guy on the plane. And he said to me, I cannot believe the difference of sitting next to you compared to the last time. And he said, I've just totally forgot how big you were. And when I was showing some before and after pictures, he said, now I think about you. He says, I think about you as a fit, healthy man. Do your friends sort of say to you, I can't remember you as a big guy, Matt, now? Yeah, I mean, even my, (laughs) the funny part is my, my kids don't remember it. You know, they'll see a picture and you can kind of see a confused look on their face and my, you know, the boys almost think it's uh, somebody else. And my daughter will just say, I I really don't even remember you looking like that. And, you know, as far as uh, I've started a new job probably about a year and a half ago. So all the people that I work with now, they've only seen me since I've lost the weight. So I, it it took me a while to kind of accept myself that way and, and realize that, you know, that's the only way they've ever known me too. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's been a unique experience that way, especially with, especially with my kids and, and how the, the boys really, when they look back at pictures, they're like, I, I don't even recognize you. And my, my daughter just kind of the, kind of the same way. Yeah. And I know a lot of people say to me, they say, the reason we can't remember because your clothes have changed so much. And they say, now you're wearing all these like trendy clothes and label clothes and you never used to wear them before. You used to just sort of wear baggy (laughs) shirts to hide your weight. And my wife sort of described in episode one that I'd become a a clothes horse. And that was so true, (laughs) mate. Well, you know what it's like when you're you're a big guy and you go down the store and I don't know if it was as bad for you, but for me, uh, my choices were very limited and my obesity was choosing my clothes, Matt. And when I got the weight off, and one of the things I discovered was that I could go into any menswear shop, any suit shop I wanted to, and try on the best suits and the best clothes, and I started buying up large. And people say to me, oh, you must save a lot of money in Timidipasti. <laughs> and I say, well, no, because I spent it all on clothes. Did you start buying new clothes in that, Matt? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So when I when I started, I, I was at a... XL or even double XL uh, shirt and a very tight 36 inch waist uh, pants. And so I've had to completely change over my wardrobe a couple of times. And I, I think my, uh, my wife definitely enjoys uh, buying clothes for me a lot more now than before, because it's a lot easier to find, uh, you know, a 31 or 32 waist uh, pants and a, and a medium shirt than it is, uh, you know, some of the larger sizes. So I, yeah, I, it's, it's definitely been more expensive that way. Um, but also very well worth it. I mean, I, I think, 
you'd probably agree there that uh, I, I'm happy to to spend that that extra money on the wardrobe and and you know definitely think that you know the the clothes are a lot more fun to buy and wear now than than they than they were before. Oh, I think it's all part of mindset too, Matt. It just makes you feel so much better about yourself. And I know I'll just go down the shops to buy milk. And my wife will say to me, why are you getting dressed up like that to go down and buy milk? <laughs> and I said, because I can now. And I said, I like to look good. And even though I'm only going to buy milk, it makes me feel good that I can put on nice clothes and a nice pair of boots and jeans and a nice shirt and go down and buy that milk instead of some baggy old 4XL T-shirts that, you know, I used to put on my body and I, I just find it so free, mate. So, Matt, with the clothing, as it was getting baggier on you, did you also find that you were sort of donating those clothes straight away or were you holding on to them? What was the mindset there like? Yeah, I think I, I hung on them. I, I hung on to them for a little while um, until I I finally accepted that you know, that I, that I could do this long term and that I wasn't going to regain the weight again. Cause I, I mean, my closet before had a mix of just about every size from when I had lost weight previously and then regained it all back and, and then some. So it took me a while to accept that I, uh, I don't think I was going to go back there again. And, and then I started I started donating the the largest sizes and and went you know just kept on kept on digging through the closet and found uh, found the next biggest size and kept donating uh, all the way through. Yeah, I think that's really important, mate. And um, I say to people I help, I say, look, every time the clothes get loose on you, take them down to the charity shop. Do not keep them as thinking that you're going to need those clothes again because you're not going back. And that for me was a great mindset to have. And now when I open my wardrobe, there's only clothes in there that will fit me. And that's the way I like it. But mate, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about now that you're in maintenance, let's move to that sort of side of things. Did you find maintaining your weight was a different mindset to actually losing the weight? Yeah, I maintenance was something that I worried about a lot. Um, as I was losing the weight, I, I didn't know how it would work. I, I, I was worried that I, you know, would, would keep on losing and lose too much weight or, you know, or that I would, uh, I would, you know, start eating more, opening my window and gain the weight back. And I, I, I worried about that quite a bit. Um, and what I've, what I've found is that, you know, I actually did lose more than I had planned on and my body didn't like the weight that it was at. Um, I, I had actually gotten down to about 149 or 150 pounds and my weight jumped back up and uh, I was a little bit worried at first. And then I realized that it, it kind of just found a, a happy spot which is right around 150 657 pounds and now instead of you know in, in the past when i was eating three meals a day and snacks my weight could fluctuate by six or seven or eight pounds pretty easily in a week 
now it stays within about a two pound, two to three pounds at the most uh, window. Um, and it, it really doesn't fluctuate from there very often. So, mate, with weighing, was it on the scales? Was that something you've done from the start or do you do it now in maintenance? I did it from the start um, and I, I started... Uh, I started recording, uh, you know, daily, daily weights and trying to do, you know, averages and, and so on. But I, what I found was pretty successful was, uh, I use an app called happy scale and I would, uh, I would use that, um, and weigh in, you know, four or five days a week. Um, in maintenance now, I, I still do weigh in and I, I probably weigh in about once a week or once every two weeks. Um, and, you know, just, uh, especially if I have a weekend where I've, I've, you know, I've, I've eaten, you know, a longer window or more food and it's been kind of surprising because it still basically stays within that same one or two pound range just about all the time. But I, I still do like to weigh in just, uh, I haven't gotten to the point where I, completely uh trust that you know that it's never going to move again so maybe maybe i'll get there at some point but i i still do like to weigh in um a few times a month yeah sure so you mentioned that app there the happy scale can you just explain what that is that sounds really interesting yeah it does it, it calculates a you know a moving average of your weight and it'll give you a lot of good it has a very nice you know, graphs that it'll kick out and, and it'll show, you know, how much, uh, while you're losing, you know, it'll, it'll show you how much you're losing per week and it'll tell you, you know, how long until you get to certain milestones. And then, you know, in maintenance, you can set kind of a range of, you know, three pounds or five pounds uh, above and below a certain goal. And, you know, and just, track that you're you're staying within that range and i think i think that's helped me is just to kind of figure out what that range is that that my body is happy at and uh and to to just make sure that whatever i'm doing is you know keeps working and and it has been so far yeah i think we get to that point matt where we find that sort of set point where we sort of settle around with our bodies and i know for me that's around 220 and at six foot five uh, that's lean enough for me. I sort of felt like I wanted to get down sort of a few kilos more or less than that, but my body's sort of telling me, Hey, just hang around here. Um, that's fine. And I understand what you're saying on the weekends too. And that's important for people to realize, you know, if you do go up two or three pounds over a weekend, don't freak out when it comes to Monday, I get phone calls and um, messages from people I help Matt every Monday and they say, Oh my God, I'll put on three or four pounds. <laughs> And I say, look, you haven't put on three or four pounds of fat. You've simply got water retention from the carbs you had on the weekend. Just go back to your normal protocol. Keep your fast clean. You know, make your window worthy and everything will work out on average. You know, we're going to have fluctuations. And they say, oh, no, well, I've got to do a 45-hour fast now. And I say, no, you don't have to do a 45-hour fast. And have you done any of the extended fasting, Matt, at all? I did. I, I did experiment a little bit with it. Um, you know, I think I, I probably went as 
as long as 48 hours. My my wife uh, experimented with it a little bit more than I did. I think she, you know, she she even went up to 72 hours a couple times. Um, but what I found for me, Graham, is I'm I'm kind of a all or nothing person. I I need to do the same thing every day, and so for me. Keeping a you know a one meal a day or two hour window is is pretty easy for me, um, but mixing it up and and doing something different every day doesn't does not work very well for me. And you know same same goes for exercise. I I either kind of need to do the same thing every day, you know, or I'll run three or four miles every day, um, or or just not at all because I you know I. I have trouble doing something three days a week. So I think for me, finding something that's, you know, every day. So the extended fast didn't work very well for me. And I, I got, I get pretty hungry, you know, when it comes up to, to 22 hours. So I, I, uh, I, I tried it a couple of times, but I, uh, I didn't like it as much. Yeah. I'm the same, mate. And um, I get to 23 hours and I'm ready to eat my arm off, you know, and um, mm-hmm. that's the truth. Well, some days you are and some days you aren't. But I tried a 36-hour fast once and I just thought, this isn't my jam. I'm, I'm like you. I'm a creature, sort of, you know, comfort creature who I do the same thing every day. And during my weight loss phase, I did 23 and 1 every day for 15 months. And that was working for me. So I stuck to it. And it's important to let people know that you've got to find your own groove with intermittent fasting and whether that takes a bit of tweaking and Matt, you've obviously found that groove as I have. And I think if extended fasting and the alternate day fasting and the mealless Mondays is working for you, great. But do it for all the right reasons. And I just recently had a couple of people on the show, Matt and Rachel Arwood, who talked about alternate day fasting, which was really interesting, and the right and wrong reasons to do it. And I had a lady called Roxy Marino talking about the mealless Monday that you may have seen that they do and why they do it. And that was interesting as well. And I think, as you probably agree, it's important to find your own jam with this. Yeah, I, I think, you know, for my wife, she the alternate day fasting really worked well for her when she was in, like, in one of the plateaus, you know, I mean, if she, she kind of felt like she had you know, been doing everything, uh, right. And, and, you know, doing one meal a day and she, you know, if she wanted to lose a little more weight, but she was at a plateau, she would, you know, she would do an extended fast or an alternate day fast. And, and that would kind of help kick her out of the plateau. So I think it can be a very, you know, very helpful tool for people to use. It just, you know, it, it just hasn't been the tool that that's worked great for me. Yeah, you've just found your jam and that's what you're doing and the maintenance. And so as I have something you think that you and your wife will do for the rest of your life. And is there anything you guys actually miss about your previous way of eating? I The first answer is yes. I mean, I, I think we'll do it the rest of our life. Um, I, I, I really enjoy it and it's become kind of second nature for me. So I, I, uh, I do, I, I think we both plan on doing it for the rest of our life. Um, I don't really miss as much, but I, I know my wife, uh, definitely misses breakfast food sometimes. So we will, uh, we will at times do, you know, breakfast for dinner just so, uh, just so she can have those. And, 
and on weekends, you know, she'll have, uh, she'll decide to, to do a breakfast every once in a while, you know, maybe once a month or so, once or twice a month, um, or, or even have a role or, or whatever. But, uh, I, I don't really anymore miss those foods, but, you know, if we're having breakfast for dinner, I, I, I'll still, uh, I'll still enjoy that. But, uh, but I think she misses that a little bit. Yeah, the breakfast for dinner, that's a big favorite of mine, Matt. I call it Brinner. And um, <laughs> one of the great things for maintenance for me is now I'm maintaining, I do a 22 and 2 Monday to Friday. And then on the weekends, I do a 16 and 8. And what that allows me to do is to go down and have a lovely brunch with my wife at our favorite cafe on the weekends. And I, I found that opened up my social life because before IF. I was a very social person, Matt, and I was a bit of a party animal and I loved to party. It was a big part of my life and, um, and a lot of people sort of saw that change in me. How did you sort of handle the social side of things with you both fasting when you got invited to things like weddings or parties or events for work? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I, I was much the same. I mean, I was uh, I was very outgoing, social, um, you know, and I think the uh, the drinking and and so on went went along with that for me as well. Um, the fasting, I think it was it was a little bit tough at first, um, not so much at social events because you could you know you can IF is pretty flexible and you can you know, change your window to, to match whatever event you're going to, but more so, you know, I think that the thing I struggled with the most was at work. Um, you know, we would go out to lunch and, and that would be a, a good opportunity to, you know, to network with, with friends at work or, you know, different people that, that you worked with, uh, going to lunch. And so that, that was one piece that, that took some adjustment, uh, for me. And, and it, you know, it, it still does to some degree, you know, because I think that's one piece that I'll, that I'll miss a little bit. Um, and I still go to lunch and, and every once in a while, if it's a very rare case, I'll just change my window and, and, and eat a, you know, eat a work lunch for us for a special event. But, you know, our, our window is, is normally our family dinner time. So, you know, I, I don't want to give that up either. So that, that's probably been the, the one challenge is giving up the, uh, the work lunches. Yeah, there was a big thing for me too, Matt. And I know it was hard for my wife as well, because we were such social people. And we used to invite a lot of people around and have barbecues. And as you do here in Australia in the summer, and, and that type of thing. And we sort of stopped doing that. And I sort of fell off the social wagon, if you like, a bit. And I know my friends, they sort of started getting worried and they, was, they wanted to have a weight loss intervention with me one day. They said, look, this is destroying your life. You know, I mean, you're not the guy you were and you, you don't socialize with us anymore. But what they were worried about is they didn't have their drinking buddy that they had great fun with. And the interesting thing was after that weight loss intervention was in a pub one day, funny enough. And then um, two of those guys actually came on board with intermittent fasting. And, and now, um, since I've been doing fasting, and I've probably got about 30 to 50 people onto intermittent fasting that I sort of help now. And do you find there's many people that are coming to you now, Matt? And have you got a few people doing it that you're sort of helping? Yeah, I definitely uh, turned on 
probably, you know, 15 or 20 people to, uh, to IF and, you know, and people continue to, to, to come and ask questions and, and start trying it out. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious though to you, because I would ask you, um, for some advice because we've had a lot of people that have, uh, that have asked and a lot of people that have started, but for whatever reason, haven't been, you know, able to stick with it. So, you know, do you have any advice for, for what helps people stick with it? Yeah. I just wrote a post uh, a couple of days ago, actually, Matt, if you, I'll send it to you. Um, there's 15 steps that I sort of give people to look at. And I call it a bit like the truth machine where I tell them to drill down and go through these steps. The first thing is, are they clean fasting? That's the number one thing that I find that when I delve into with some people, they go, oh, well, actually, I have a bit of milk in my coffee. Okay, bingo. There's the first thing. Okay, right. What's your window looking like? Okay, well, I'm having an eight-hour window. Um, are you stopping when you're full or are you just continuing eating because it's an eight-hour window? Well, it's an eight-hour window, so of course I keep eating for eight hours because that's the mindset. They don't understand. So that's the second thing. But in those 15 steps that I put out there, Matt, there's a lot of sort of self-truth. And I think when you're finding the answers into why you're struggling, it's staring back at you in the mirror. And it's not something you're going to find in a book. It's not something you're going to find in a video. It's from within you. It's from that mindset. And a lot of this is mental. It's about, you know, if you can do things like honor your wife, honor your children, honor your employer, why can't you honor one clean fast a day why can't you make your window worthy? And I don't sort of, you know, tell people what to eat. I sort of say to them, if things aren't working for you, you need to self-examine that window. You need to say to yourself, am I giving myself the best chance to get to my wellness goals? What am I doing wrong here? What am I eating that's holding me up? What are my triggers? It could be alcohol. For me, Matt, it was alcohol. It was bread. It was rice. It was pasta sugar, fast food. And as you know, I was an addict to sugar and fast food. So once I stopped doing that, the game changed. But the biggest thing of all, Matt, is people have got to start loving themselves first. And when you start loving yourself first, everything else becomes easy. You put yourself in a position where you're number one each day, even though it's a different kind of love that you have for your wife and your family. It's a love for yourself. When you wake up every day, you say good things about yourself and you start getting into that mindset and you start tuning in to your body and telling yourself that it's okay. And if you you know, slip up and have a bad day, well, so what? Next day is a different day. But yeah, I'll send you those 15 steps. Not, there's a lot more to go into, which we probably don't have time to talk about now, but I definitely think you've got to self-examine. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, mate, we're going to wrap it up in a minute, but I wanted to talk to you also about just some final words of motivation and some advice that you'd give somebody that's just starting out. And if you could go back to that first day, Matt, or that first week when you started, what would you tell someone that now that what you know you would whisper into the air about? I, I mean, I think I would just tell myself to, to trust it and, and worry a lot less. So, I mean, I, 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 like I mentioned to you before, I, I, I worried a lot about, you know, 
regaining the weight like with every other uh way of life or 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 diet that I had ever uh, been on and I I would tell myself to trust it and to uh to enjoy it because it's it is very flexible and it can work I mean I I I really I would just tell people to trust that it's going to work um I think that would be the the biggest thing that I would have told myself and and to just worry a lot less so but as far as final words advice I would just say it's it's by far the best way of eating and and living that that I've ever seen and and it's the only way I've ever been able to eat where where I'm able to lose weight and keep it off uh without really even thinking about it again and that's a that's a really freeing feeling um you know not worrying about counting calories and and weighing every day and you know not feeling good because you're you know, you haven't been eating enough and you don't have enough energy to, to exercise and, and do the things that you want to do. And I've never had more energy. So I, I would just say to trust it, realize that it's very flexible. You can make it work in your life if you want to. I mean, if you have a, a holiday dinner coming up, it's perfect because you can, you can adjust your, your window and enjoy you know, enjoy that meal with absolutely zero guilt and, and then just go back to, you know, your regular programming the next day. Yeah, that's fantastic advice, Matt. And I think you're 100% right is don't sweat it, don't overcomplicate it and keep it simple because it is simple. We fast, feast, repeat. That's basically it, really. But Matt, it's been such a pleasure to have you here today. And I I'm really looking forward to getting over to the States when um, this thing blows over and doing a road trip and catching up with people like yourself, mate. And I'd love to shoot around with you one day. I think that'd be fantastic. But um, thank you so much for joining me here on the Fasting Highway. Thanks, Graham. Great, uh, great to talk to you. And thanks, to having, uh, thanks for having me on. Cheers, mate. I'll see you later, Matt. Cheers. Bye. Oh, that was fantastic. Thanks, Matt. I really enjoyed our chat. I think some of the advice that you gave out there was really key, and I can see why you've been so successful on your intermittent fasting journey, and I'm looking forward to that day when I can play a round of golf with you. Anyway, folks, coming up this Sunday on the podcast, a real treat, and possibly one of the most dramatic transformations I think I've ever seen, uh, Jerry Nelson, and Jerry is from Texas in the United States. Jerry is a postmaster, a former army guy, and Jerry's weight at one stage ballooned to 460 pounds, and his transformation is jaw-dropping. So tune in for that one, and until then, be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.